Hello and welcome to the Battle Cry podcast with Mark Mecklen. Catch the original live broadcast Sunday nights at 8pm Eastern. Go to conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And now, here's the Battle Cry with Mark Meckler. Hey everyone, Mark Meckler here. Excited to be back with you on the Battle Cry. I love Sunday nights for a lot of reasons, by the way. One is I love them because it generally means I spent the whole day with my family. This one in particular I love. I'll tell you why. Very special one for me. This is my 29th wedding anniversary. Can you believe how special I must think you are that I'm spending my 29th wedding anniversary with you? Actually, Patty and I went away. We did some stuff over the weekend. We actually went to Cheyenne, Wyoming. So that was pretty exciting. And we did, of course, a political event. Seems like that's what we always do on our anniversary. I'm a very understanding wife, and a lot of you know her, and thank God she's involved with Convention Estates too, because that's one of the things that makes her such a tolerant woman, because she's just as passionate as you or I are about the cause. By the way, I'm wearing one of my favorite shirts today, a COS shirt. You can get all the gear at conventionofstates.com forward slash store. I'm not wearing a hat today, you might notice, because I just had to prove that I still have some hair. I mean, it is getting pretty gray here. That's from, you know, doing politics for the last 10 years, probably. Maybe I wouldn't have so much gray. But you can get the hats there, the cool swag, all of it at conventionofstates.com forward slash store. All right, so today's battle cry is don't lose hope. This is what the left wants, by the way. They want you to lose hope. They want you to give up. They want you not just to be afraid, but they want you to just say, there's nothing we can do. And I get it because sometimes it feels like there's nothing we can do. Sometimes the craziness of the Biden administration, the regulations coming out, their intent to create inflation, it kind of seems like they actually love inflation, doesn't it? It's kind of weird. So sometimes that stuff, the student loan uh, for forgiveness, quote unquote, we're going to talk about that, the crushing of our energy industry, the hurting of regular Americans, sometimes it makes you want to give up. Sometimes you see what's going on overseas and you're worried about China or Russia or the Islamo-fascists or some deal with Iran or whatever they're trying to do out of the Biden administration and you want to give up. Sometimes maybe you live in a state like California or New York or Illinois and you think, oh, it's just incessantly blue. I want to give up. I even get calls from people in North Carolina saying they want to give up because, by the way, it's pretty bad there, even though it's still generally a red state. And so I get that you might want to give up, but you cannot lose hope. Hope is the fuel that keeps us alive. More than anything else, we have to have hope to stay alive. And I have hope for the nation. Look, I always have hope because of my faith, because I'm saved. So I know that's the eternal hope. But I also have worldly hope. I have hope for our nation. Our nation has outlived every other constitutional republic in history. The average life of a constitution on the world stage is 17 years. Here we are, what is it, 246 years? I mean, we're way into this thing. We have cheated history, and we can continue to cheat history. And I think if you're in and you don't give up, because I'm not going to give up, if you act like me and you stay in the fight, then I think we can win. And I always have hope. And sometimes one of the things that hope requires is a sense of humor. Actually, I would say all the time hope requires a sense of humor because things can get pretty dark out there. And you got to be able to laugh at them. And if I want to laugh, the place that I go, and I go every day because I love to laugh, is to the Babylon Bee. And I love this headline from the Babylon Bee. I would say the Babylon Bee has become America's real newspaper, much to its chagrin. It's really hard to do satire anymore. They now have a record-keeping thing where they keep the record of all the headlines that they write that become true and how fast they become true. Here's a great one. 
hardworking plumber looking forward to paying for his neighbor's gender studies degree. That's what they're doing, right? So they are taking plumbers and carpenters and contractors and all kinds of blue collar workers and people who don't make a ton of money and they're gonna make them pay for useless degrees of their leftist neighbors. Let's make no mistake about what this quote unquote loan forgiveness is. I say loan forgiveness in air quotes because it's not actually forgiveness. What it is is it's a transfer of the obligation from people, a lot of them earning a lot of money with the capacity to earn a lot of money, young lawyers, young doctors, young engineers, young professionals who have the most student loans in America, and we're gonna give them a $20,000 gift, and who's gonna pay for it? The plumbers, the carpenters, people who work on construction sites, average folks not making a fortune. Some people who went to college and paid off their own student loans, like me and my wife, we paid off our own loans. Now we're going to pay for other people's loans. This is just outrageous and offensive. And all it does is it drives up the cost of college. People are complaining about the cost of college. When you pour infinite money into something, when you teach young people that if they take out loans, they won't have to pay those loans back, then there's going to be more money taken out in loans. More money into a market means the prices are going to go up means college becomes more expensive. We know why college is more expensive, government money into college. And by the way, everybody shouldn't go to college anyway. A lot of people shouldn't go to college. By the way, if you got a degree in gender studies, you shouldn't have gone to college, right? If you're just a basic sociology man, what are you gonna do with your sociology degree? I think we should have college for people who can go out and make money off of those degrees. And if you can't, then you shouldn't be able to get a loan for them. I don't have any problem that there's a gender studies program or a lesbian dance theater program, whatever it is. I don't have any program you want, but these universities and the government should not be allowed to sell college students on loans for those things when most people can never make a dime off of those things. That is, in my opinion, fraudulent. And this is literally, I think it should be a violation under the RICO Act. I think this is intentional, organized criminal activity on the behalf of government against the American people to scam people into these loans, to act like these people are actually going to be able to get a job and pay off these loans. It's ridiculous. The vast majority of, the, of them can't. Some of them, maybe they go into academia, but what about everybody else? What are you going to do with your gender theory studies, lesbian dance interpretation degree? And the answer is nothing. You're going to go be a barista at Starbucks. Not a bad job necessarily. I've been a barista. I've owned coffee houses. You're not going to make much and you're not going to make enough to pay off your degree, to pay off your student loans. And so this is a scam. I think we should put it back on the colleges. If you can't get a job with your degree in a certain amount of time and you partake in the college job placement programs, then they should pay off your loans. We make that the law. Or we've got this huge loan forgiveness program. Let's tax the colleges to pay that off. A lot of these colleges have mega multi-hundred million dollar endowments, mega multi-billion dollar endowments like Harvard. Let's make Harvard out of taxes pay off these loans. Look, I mean, if you think it's not fair for the students, I do think the students got scammed, by the way. I don't think they had any idea what they were getting into, usually. And these are dozens of page documents, fine print. These are 18-year-old kids, often don't know what they're doing. It doesn't excuse them from paying the loan, in my opinion. But if we're going to penalize somebody 
Don't penalize me. I paid off my student loans. Don't penalize the plumber who didn't go to college or the carpenter who didn't go to college. Let's penalize the colleges that sold this crap product. That's the way we ought to do it. So student loan forgiveness, not so much. Transfer of the obligation from people who didn't incur it from people to people who didn't incur from people who did. That's really what we're dealing with here. All right, let's move on to another amusing subject or, well, maybe not so amusing. Biden's bag of corruption. Now, it's a big bag. It's a giant sack. Picture like Santa's infinitely expandable sack in the back of Biden's sleigh. And part of it back there is hookers and and crack and Hunter Biden in the back seat with all of them taking selfies of himself doing unspeakable things with the drugs and the hookers. That's what's in there. And we now know that the FBI is irredeemably broken. As we say, go to endthefbi.com and you can send messages to your legislators, tell them to end the FBI. But according to Senator Ron Johnson, a whistleblower who came to his office now claims that FBI officials told investigators not to look into Hunter Biden's laptop before the 2020 election, saying they're, quote, not going to change the outcome of the election again, end quote. In other words, obvious, blatant, complete evidence of criminal activity by the son of the candidate for the Democrat Party appears ostensibly proving that the big guy, probably Joe Biden, was involved in some of these scams is what it looks like. Hunter Biden saying he had to pay his dad's expenses. He had to give his income to his dad from this stuff. And we're talking about influence peddling by Hunter Biden. He's on the board of Burisma, right? A Ukrainian oil company for which he has no experience. He has no, no experience in Ukraine, no experience, doesn't speak the language, no experience in oil and gas exploration. He gets tons of money for being on the board of this company. And the FBI says, don't investigate it. I'm sure it's exactly like what they're doing to Trump, right? Don't investigate it because we don't want to affect an election where it looks like Donald Trump might be the next candidate. It's equal protection under the law, equal application of the law, right? No. Now, what we have here is Biden's bag of corruption was off limits and the Russiagate hoax and scandal was all the FBI was going to focus on. And that's what they focused on then. And that's what they're focusing on now. The FBI is broken beyond redemption. Look, I'm really glad that a few whistleblowers have come to Ron Johnson's office and to Jim Jordan's office. God bless those of you who are willing to do that. But I want to know where are they by the hundreds? Where are the FBI janitors, the FBI HR people, the FBI personnel director? Where are they coming forward and saying, we don't want to be part of this corrupt organization anymore? I would argue and I think undeniably, Victor Davis Hansen just wrote a piece on this, agreeing with us. We would argue that the FBI is undeniably, irrevocably broken. And at the very worst or very best case scenario, it needs to be broken up, disassembled. Some of its functions, if they're necessary, put out to other agencies. But there needs to be no Federal Bureau of Investigation any longer. And Biden's bag of corruption proves that. So corruption to culture. The way we treat healthcare, if you look, if you want to know where the United States is headed in regard to any of these things, all you have to do is look to our little brother to the north, Canada. Right now, Canada is literally euthanizing their sick and their poor. This is from the Daily Signal. Well, the world of public healthcare, of government healthcare, of single-payer healthcare. 
A lot of the socialists in our country tout Canada's healthcare system as something we should emulate, saying that it's more humane, it's more fair, it's more reasonable. This from the Daily Signal, it seems Canadian officials are more interested in urging doctors to help patients kill themselves than to treat them. I mean, this is absolutely incredible. In a recent reported horror story from the Associated Press, Michael 61 was successfully killed after a quick one-month waiting period as he was suffering from, wait for this, really severe, really debilitating. I don't mean to make fun of it, but not a reason to kill yourself. He was suffering from hearing loss. Nichols was an otherwise decently healthy guy, but his brother claimed that he was railroaded into killing himself. Nichols' family said hospital staff helped him request euthanasia and pushed him to do it in a story that's been repeated many times by other disabled or sick Canadians. And this is absolutely incredible stuff going on in our otherwise civilized neighbor to the north. Here's another one. Roger Foley, whose story was reported by Associated Press, became so unnerved by his hospital's healthcare providers discussing euthanasia as an option that he started to record the conversations. He has a degenerative brain disorder. During one reported conversation, the hospital's director of ethics tried to guilt Foley into thinking about the hospital, cost of a hospital stay. The director told Foley it would cost north of $1,500 a day. When Foley asked what the long-term treatments were, the director responded, Roger, this is not my show. My piece of this was talking to you to see if you had an interest in assisted dying. And this patient, Foley, says he never discussed ending in his own life prior to the encounter. This is incredible. So you have an ethics doctor, ethics director, mentioning how much it costs so that he can get somebody to choose to commit suicide. There's a whole flurry of stories of Canadians who are choosing to die over living through crushing poverty. So this is somebody, another story somebody chose simply because she can't afford to keep on living. So the Canadian government pays for healthcare. So that means they are incentivized to cut costs as much as possible. And it seems like a lot of these hospitals are now eager to push euthanasia. And the government seems to have concluded that it's just cheaper and better to kill people rather than to cure them. There are other stories, by the way, that applies to the disabled and the mentally ill, and how far are we or how close are we to Nazi Germany, if that's really where we're at. This is really outrageous stuff. We should pay attention to it because it's uh, if it's up to the socialists near you in our own country, that's the system that you're going to. All right, moving on to the culture. It's hard for me to even say this with a straight face. Look, when I was growing up, I was a Hulk fan. I even liked some of the Marvel Hulk movies. But now we have a new Hulk version, right? This is called She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. I didn't make that. I know it sounds ridiculous because I'm an attorney. She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. That's what it's actually called. First of all, who in God's name thought of that? Like, what? what is, is it because you, it's so feminist, She's got to be an attorney, like showing she's a power player, right? And she's a Hulk. First of all, who wants to see a woman get all green and muscular? Like what, 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 in what world do people want that? Right? And by the way, because it's rational and human beings are still rational, people mostly hate it. They, they actually hate it. Mark Ruffalo, the former star of the Hulk, I would say the former actor that I might've used to want to watch, who has now become a complete leftist, anti-capitalist, worth $30 million at the time he said that capitalism is dead and we need to move to socialism. Mark Ruffalo says, She-Hulk's bad reviews come from women haters and racists. 
Wait, really? That's really why? Look, it's actually called She-Hulk Attorney at Law. And one of my favorite scenes I saw played on uh, one of the Daily Wire podcasts, she whines and moans about how she is so good at controlling her temper because people make microaggressions against her all the time. Like, can you get more woke? The Hulk is now complaining about microaggressions. What does the world come to? What does the culture come to? I have to say, if you want to have hope, this is more hope than maybe we even deserve. Why? Because people hate it. Because they tried to make a movie called Catwoman in which they poured $90 million, which was so bad and so woke that they refused to release it. They took a $90 million write-off instead. So if you're looking for hope, Dude, that's a place to have hope, right? Another place to have hope is for Convention Estates. Convention Estates is doing so well all over the country. We're up to 19 states out of the 34 states necessary. We have so much momentum. We have a leadership summit coming up in Orlando in October. The coolest thing is only leaders in Convention Estates can come, and it's oversubscribed. We originally had 400 people we opened it up to. That filled up instantly. We're now up to 600 people. These are all certified, trained, tested field leaders in convention estates. Over 600 people gathering in Orlando in October. I'm super excited about that. If you're not already signed up, you're out of luck. Become a convention estates leader. Go to conventionofstates.com, sign the petition, volunteer, and maybe next year when we have our summit, you can come to that one. Also, uh, as I just told you, I was in Cheyenne last weekend. Absolutely awesome weekend. Great Patriots there. My friend Sam Galliotis, famer, fame, sorry, former gubernatorial candidate, invited us out there to speak to a bunch of great conservatives. I was there, and we had a great time. In the coming week, by the way, this week, I'm going to be going to Pennsylvania uh, for a series of town halls. I think we're doing three town halls over two days. Going to be a great series out in Pennsylvania. You know why? because we're going to pass Pennsylvania and we're going to do it in the fall. We're going through the house. We're going to blow through. We got great support there from the speaker of the house, from his chief of staff, from a bunch of people out there. Our grassroots are on the in Pennsylvania. So if you want to know what's going on, that's what's going on. All right. We're going to go to our questions. This is important. If you ever want to submit questions, you can upload video questions to conventionofstates.com forward slash battle cry. Keep them to roughly 30 seconds or under if you can. You know, no monologues. I get to do the monologues here. Conventionofstates.com forward slash battle cry, or you can email questions to battlecry at cosaction.com. So, first is from Eric von Kelsheimer. Uh, Eric, I love you just because your name. That's such a cool name. Eric von Kelsheimer. You sound like a count or something. All right. When are we, the people, going to take back control of our government and hold the treasonous responsible for their actions? I would argue we're in process and it's always a slow process. We want it right now. We want it tomorrow, but that's not how these things happen. It takes time. We got to change the culture. We got to take back the government, and we've got to hold a convention of states. So, Eric, I think we're in process. As I've said, the theme is don't lose hope. I have hope to this. Uh, Travis asks, "Do you like the fair tax idea?" Travis, I do. I like fair tax. So, fair tax. There, there's fair tax and there's flat tax. I don't want to get into all the details here too much, but they are very simplified tax systems. Fair tax tends to be a consumption tax. You're, all our taxes come from stuff we buy. So that would mean that your sales tax is much higher, uh, especially there would be a federal sales tax. As long as they get rid of all your other taxes, I'm pretty good with a fair tax. Flat tax, I like that as well. That just means each of us pays a fixed percentage. I think we should have a postcard tax system. You say I made X dollars, I'm paying Y dollars. 
That's it. So I think a fair tax can get us there. Uh, Alex, and by the way, the only way we get a fair tax is through a convention of states. Alex Gallimore says, our state legislature's key to our country's survival? The answer is yes, yes, and triple yes. Most people don't know. Well over 1,000, I think it's now up over 1,300 seats have been won since 2010 in the state legislatures going to the red and going more conservative. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. We participate in a lot of these races now. We'll be involved in one way or another whatever level we can legally in over 400 state level legislative races this year. I'm super excited about what I'm seeing already. It's only going to get better. Sharon Curl said I hear that Mike Ferris is moving out of the role of CEO of ADF, although he'll still be working with them. Is there any possibility he could be more involved with COS in the future? I have to tell you, I can't actually say anything about that, but I love Mike and any opportunity that I could have to work with Mike Ferris in the future. It's like working with my brother. So, of course, and he will be speaking at our summit. So that's a teaser. How's that? Uh, Mark White says, how many people can we sign up to represent our state at next year's simulated convention? Mark, the answer is we're working on that. Uh, we haven't made the full arrangements. It looks like we're going to have three, which is what we had last time. But I put in a request to have five from every state. We're working on exactly how that'll work. I'm hoping that it's bigger than the last one. So I'd be shooting for a delegation of five from each state. So I'm going to close where we began, which is go to conventionofstates.com, buy your swag at conventionofstates.com forward slash store, sign up at conventionofstates.com by clicking on the petition and then click the take action tab and volunteer. Don't lose hope. Get in the fight. Stand side by side with over 5 million patriots who've already done the same. Join conventionofstates.com today. This has been the podcast version of The Battle Cry with Convention of States Action President Mark Meckler. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod and become part of the solution that's as big as the problem.